Hello, grace and peace. We're taking anarchy to church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, aka Iowa Cap, aka owner of a level 137 Mewtwo. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Did I finish? <laughs> And who are you? Whenever, whenever you feel there's been sufficient time for applause, I'll I'll continue. And I'm Jeff Park, an outsider to this realm. Ooh, yes. Um, and hopefully you'll learn about what that means later. Uh, <laughs> uh I also have AKA uh once again the boomer who forgot to turn on uh unmute his mic. <laughs> But the, the the number of times the actual start of this show is hello nope <laughs> is is remarkable. <laughs> Between the two of us, starting an episode is really our our, our forte. <laughs> although although when <laughs> I make a mistake yeah. and you haven't, it's recorded. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh yeah, and I'm pretending to own my L's more, but um, uh, oh, and Patrick in the chat, aka uh, aka Matt Walsh, because he's shaming me for playing video games. So stop playing <laughs> video games, and get to work, you man. That's right. I don't know what am I doing. Okay, so but I gotta explain the Pokemon thing. Okay, so so Pokemon Red and Blue. This has been a weird thing that has been like. The longest running, the closest thing to a long running video game that I have in my life. Like, I am not a video game player. Not even slightly. There are video games. I have a Steam account and I've purchased video games that are sitting there unplayed on my Steam account because, frankly, I'm scared that I'll be bad at them. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll have wasted all this money on them for nothing. But I, the only games that I've played, I. I used to play this Dragon Ball Z series on PlayStation, uh, but really the longest running games I have in my life are FIFA Soccer, uh, WWE Wrestling. Um, I played Fallout 3 uh, pretty consistently back in the day, um, which is a weird one, and Pokemon Red and Blue. And of the games that I'm really into, that's also the one that uh, my kids have gotten into and so my boys are pokemon fanatics um particularly my second child he is just big like man you ask him any pokemon he can tell you all about it um you know you could make one up and he'll probably be like oh you mean this one and then he'll start telling you about that one and uh <laughs> and my oldest he's, he's actually pretty artistic and he started um drawing his own pokemon with their own evolutions and stuff like that um and so uh I, but I've never gotten this far in the game. This is where I'm like, I, I started playing with glitches. Like, you know, you know, what, you know, glitches, they're, they're like, um, they're, they're like these, uh, the, these, these little tricks in the game. And I've always known the one it's the Mew glitch where you can actually catch a Mew. And, and now it's the only way to get one because of, of course, the only way you could get one before was either trading or someone, they would give them away at these like Pokemon conventions, but they're now like. 11 generations in so they're they're not giving away muse uh so the only way to get a mew now is to do the mew glitch and uh i've gotten to be pretty good at that to be uh pretty good at, at triggering the mew glitch 
Um, but I've never actually done the uh, Mewtwo glitch, and so I was I was trying that one out. Uh, and it's and so I keep joking. It's actually a glitch on a glitch on a glitch, because to <laughs> to get the Mewtwo glitch, you have to first get um, the Mew glitch. So you have to get because you have to have a Mew in your party to to trigger it, and then you have to um, have enough of the they only give away one mega ball in the game and you need to use that to get a Mewtwo but but I also wanted to use it for other things so I had to do the missing number glitch which uh, you know this is all the insiders are like oh yeah 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 everyone else is like what the heck are you talking about but but that was like basically there's a glitch that causes you to if it's in the sixth item in your bag you have essentially an infinite number of them so then you get a bunch of Instead of just one mega ball, you have a bunch of them. And then you do the same thing again, and you can get a level 132 Mewtwo shows up and attacks you. And I just threw a mega ball at him, caught him, and me and my three oldest boys just went absolutely nuts. Like, uh, we're just like... Uh, I, I, I don't know which one of us got more excited. Um, but all that to say, you better, you, you best be respecting me now. Um, I'm not, I'm not some regular old Joe. I'm not some rando podcaster. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Mewtwo owner. So put some respect on that name. That's all I'm saying. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah now- sorry, ladies. He's already married, but he's willing to evolve. <laughs> Patrick says. Oh, Patrick. Oh, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, everyone everyone now has to face a real choice over whether that was worse than when I start this show talking about sports. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> or, or if it's worse than when you start talking about uh, Canadian politics. Speaking of which, is there anything going on in Canadian politics? <laughs> well, yes. There's an election going already. Up, we just that? started, and I'm already crushing the transitions. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's an election going on in Alberta, but I but I I uh, there's going to be a debate this week, so I think we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll probably have things to talk about next week, so. Uh, uh, I don't think there are by-elections going on uh, federally. Uh, although I think I think they're all safe liberal seats. Um, uh, I think, but um, I, none of them are in Alberta, so I, I wasn't paying attention. Um, and um, um, the only reason it even came across my radar is. Um, Someone was using it as a, as an own to Danielle Smith because Danielle Smith, uh, uh, the premier of Alberta, called only one by-election. It didn't call the by-election in the seat that the UCP was probably going to lose if he had called a by-election, which is a special election. Sorry for American uh, listeners, and uh, uh, and so someone in Alberta was saying uh, that that uh, Trudeau has just called four by-elections. See, that's how you do it, Daniel Smith. You call all your by-elections at once, not just the ones you think you're going to win. And then immediately people start pointing out 
um, Trudeau did not call the by-election in Alberta for an empty seat in Alberta that he would definitely lose. <laughs> so, so actually, <laughs> seems like uh, maybe this is just politics and not one particular person. Um, but, sure. uh, but, but anyway, um, but I think you might be getting at the developments on the uh, Chinese interference, or as we uh, as we've lovingly called it, Chinada. <laughs> the Chinada. Oh, okay. I, saga. I, I thought I thought that was pronounced Chinada, but okay. Chinada, um, Chinada. You know, it depends. It's kind of like tomato, tomato. Um, it really it has to do with what part of uh the new. United Soviet Socialist Republic of China, uh, you're part of what you pronounce it as, you know. There you go. You know. I believe yeah. in French is Shinada. <laughs> That's way too many of those letters being pronounced. Um, <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Denouan. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, the. Uh, uh, so the big one recently is that a, uh, conservative member of parliament, um, not only was he targeted by Chinese intelligence, um, his family was targeted by Chinese intelligence and, um, and, uh, this member of parliament is uh, is uh, Michael Chong, who uh, I've never actually bothered to look up. I assume he has to be Chinese or Taiwanese, um, but I don't actually. And this story doesn't. This story doesn't mention. Um, but. Uh, And uh, anyway, he is the shadow minister for foreign affairs, which is to say he's the um, critic uh, for the opposition party of of the foreign affairs file. And um, um, and uh, and he's. Uh, he's considered more of a centrist or what we call a red Tory. Um, definitely, uh, um, definitely more on that, uh, on that end of things. And I'm just trying to figure out Hong Kong. Yeah. Hong Kong. Okay. Makes sense. His father immigrated in 1952. So, but his father and mother met in Canada. So, um, uh, so anyway, but, but, uh, uh, as, okay. His, his mother is Dutch. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so yeah, that's, um, and he 
was targeted by Chinese intelligence along with his family because he introduced a resolution uh, criticizing the uh, uh, or a motion to condemn Beijing's treatment of Uyghurs as genocide. Um, and uh, which is a little extra interesting because when that motion when that motion did come to the floor of the House of Commons, several liberal ministers, several liberal cabinet members were not present for that vote so that they wouldn't have to go on record one way or the other on the Uyghur genocide. Um, and, uh, um, and it, it, the motion, as I recall, and yeah, no, no, I'm, as I recall, the motion passed, but they basically kept as many people away from that vote as they possibly could <laughs> um, to, um, to not let any of the quote unquote important people be out there openly opposing China. And it makes you wonder if uh, the revelation that the revelation that they uh, that they had been told about this that he was a target of Chinese intelligence and that they were um, uh, and that they were. Uh, interfering with uh, him and his family, um, which is really, I believe, all we've really been told. We don't really, uh, um, we don't really know what that, oh, okay, no, 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 here it is. The spy agency said an MSS officer sought information on an unnamed Canadian MP's relatives, quote, who may be located in the People's Republic of China for further potential sanctions. So that's that's what they meant. Okay, that's what they mean by targeting his family. They were they were trying to find out if he still had any family in the People's Republic to see if see if they could um, to see if they could uh, uh, punish his family members for his speaking out about, uh, uh, speaking out about the weird genocide. So anyway, but it makes you wonder then, um, if, if they, uh, if they knew that, oh, sorry. And the revelation is that CSIS had given this information to the prime minister's office. Um, and then that creates a bit of a problem because uh, for, for the prime minister's office, because uh, when 
his chief of staff came and testified to the House of Commons, she said that basically, well, uh, I have the quote here. There is nothing that is ever kept from the prime minister. Um, so she was asked, she was asked, do you get intelligence updates that are not put in front of the prime minister? Do you ever withhold information um, to, uh, because, because you don't think the prime minister needs to know it? And she said, there is nothing that is ever kept from the prime minister. So, and CSIS uh, confirms that they sent their report directly to the National Security Advisor, who reports directly to the Prime Minister. Um, so, uh, and and uh, the Prime Minister still claims that he never saw the report. So, you have a a, a pretty strong contradiction there. <laughs> it's like. Um, I guess there's room for interpretation on there is nothing that is ever kept from the prime minister. The, does that mean, does that mean he reads everything he's handed? I guess is the, is the, or, or I guess kept from is it's like, okay, this was in a stack, but, but we never really gave it to you because we ran out of time. We just, it just wasn't a priority. Like, I guess that's, um, I guess that's a possibility. Um, and you hear it both ways, but some people say that the prime minister actually struggles to uh, read for long periods at a time of that. Uh, like he will, he can't read long memos and long reports or read multiple ones in a row very well. That's what, that's what some people have said. Uh, but uh, I can't, I can't adjudicate that myself. But, um, but uh, so okay. So there's there's some possible wiggle room there. But really, <laughs> like either Cecis is lying, or Trudeau saw it, or Trudeau doesn't see everything that's directly passed along to the prime minister's office. Those are the options. <laughs> um, and I guess there are better and worse ways for <laughs> uh, for that to go wrong. But um, but anyway, so and but it also like when once you find out that the uh, that that was the content of the memo, um, it, it does make you wonder, did he see that memo? Um, and was it just sort of unremarkable or unsurprising because they knew that this kind of retribution was likely, which is why they didn't let the cabinet be in the room when that motion was being passed. Um, that's that's, I guess, what I'm getting at is um, my my read on this situation is 
that the most likely state of affairs here is that everyone saw the memo, the prime minister saw the memo, and they all thought it was completely unremarkable that a Chinese member of, sorry, sorry, a Canadian member of parliament that was unintentional. Um, a Canadian member of parliament <laughs> um, was being. Yeah, it's not China targeted. yet. Yeah, the, was being targeted and his family was being targeted by the Chinese uh, for retribution. Um, that they they found that unremarkable because they they kind of already knew that that's how China operated. Right. Like that's. That's kind of that's kind of my read on the situation is like if they didn't in some sense already know that then why why so chicken about having the cabinet members in the room when that vote is happening? Um, it's because they did to some extent at least know that China would be vindictive about this. Um, so, um, but. But yeah, the idea that um, the idea that they they knew this and didn't tell him that this was going on um, that's pretty outrageous too. And then um, and then he basically asked from the floor of the House of Commons, "What are you doing <laughs> about?" about this huge breach and they go, well, the uh, minister of foreign affairs summoned the Chinese ambassador. Uh, they, they had a stern talking to that. It's like, uh, I mean, you made the point that uh, summoning the Chinese ambassador is not necessarily the indication that that they're uh, being hostile about it, <laughs> that you that you might uh, <laughs> that they might expect you to conclude. <laughs> um, it uh, it could very much, um, and actually in our in our secret Discord, which you can get to by going to buymeacoffee.com/flyover and paying just one dollar a month. Um, uh Patrick said uh yeah he summarized he summarized the uh uh question period uh that I that I posted about this interesting we found out about this and we let you know what else do you want uh, <laughs> and with the joke being that the finding out about it and letting him know were months and months and months apart. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, and he said, I like the theater of quote, summoning the Chinese ambassador. Hey buddy, your $20,000 show on my last bra. I mean, uh, campaign donation. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so, uh, so that's the kind of thing that you can expect. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, uh, adept commentary that you can expect yeah. by uh, going to buymeacoffee.com slash flyover, paying just $1 a month. Well worth it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
<coughs> Sorry. Uh, it's just allergies, guys, but I am um I I am oppressed by them. Um so Well, I mean, to be clear, if the Chinese were to try and stop you from reporting on their activities. I mean, is it possible they would use a virus? Just, I mean, <laughs> just theoretically. 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 Go, go on, though. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Now, if, yeah, I, I think that's a little far-fetched. I mean, <laughs> who, would believe, who would believe that China even has, like, the kind of laboratories that, it, that require... Or that they're even working on that sort of thing. Not I. Yeah, Certainly no. not I. No. Um, and I haven't eaten any pangolins. So. So I'm pretty sure that can't be it. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. It, anyway. Uh, it's a. Uh, uh, it seems like it seems like it's getting worse and worse and worse, and and uh, and I don't know. Maybe these by elections will uh, maybe these by elections will show that things are getting scary <laughs> uh, in the uh, 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 because the the polls, at least, and the only poll that matters is on election day. But um, but the polls, at least, have been uh, have been pretty uh, uh, pretty brutal for the liberals with with all this going on. And so, I mean, we talked about the uh, public service strike, and there are other reasons, but this. This is kind of the big one. So um, anyway, uh, then the four uh, the four by elections are for uh, Notre Dame de Grasse Westmount, um, which, uh, as you as you might guess, is is in Alberta. No, just kidding. It's in Quebec. Um, Oxford, um, not the not the uh, not the really prestigious one or the one uh, in Mississippi, but uh, the one in Ontario. Um, Winnipeg South Center, which is, uh, you guessed it, in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, and uh, I, I've never known how to pronounce this. I think it's just Portage Lisgar, but I think I've only ever read it. Anyway, also in Manitoba. So uh, that last one... Uh, it's possible Oxford um, is uh, one that's winnable by the conservatives. I can't remember. But that last one, Portage Liscar or whatever, however I'm supposed to be pronouncing that. Sorry, Manitobans. Um, uh, that one uh, that one is one that the conservatives do win, at least at least sometimes. Um, and maybe even the incumbent was a conservative. Um, but uh, 
yeah, that's um, so that 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 might be that might be a good. Um, they're at least in enough sort of different places. Um, nothing further west than Winnipeg, but um, they're at least uh, in enough different places that you'll get a good. Um, you'll get a good uh, cross section of how things are going, um, and um, and that that's all happening. Um, those aren't happening until um, uh, June nineteenth. And of course, I should have remembered uh, Portage List. Portage Lisgar was uh, Candace Bergen, who was the uh, um, interim leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, she uh, she was from Portage Lisgar and and yeah, most recently mostly recently won by let me do some math here real fast, fourteen thousand votes. So uh, <laughs> so actually uh, actually a quite 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 conservative uh, <laughs> writing in that case. Um, um, so, um, and, uh, because I, because Quebec is all, always a dice roll, um, you kind of never know there. And, uh, okay. The Oxford, Oxford is, was, uh, Dave McKenzie. Oh, yes. Um, this was, um, this was the one where the, uh, the nomination, this was the one we talked about because the nomination was interfered with by the not Chinese Communist Party, but the Conservative Party of Canada <laughs> um, interfered with the uh, um, conservative nomination there by disqualifying a, uh, uh, a pro-life candidate. Um, at, least, at least I'm pretty sure that's uh that's this writing now that i'm now that i'm looking at um the past results and that was yeah seventeen thousand uh uh six sixteen thousand four hundred vote win by the uh, conservative last time as well so no just doesn't seem like maybe any bellwether writings that would really <laughs> um, uh, unfortunately the uh, it, 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 you, you can't always tell anything from things just in a by-election especially from things getting closer or further apart but but a different party winning <laughs> um can is is absolutely a signal and oh okay i sh i remember now that uh notre dame de grasse westmount is uh uh mark garneau who used to be the minister of transport um uh that was that was his writing he won uh by a by a cool almost 
16,000 votes. So none of the, yeah, none of these are exactly bellwethers. They're all, uh, so that would be a liberal by about 16,000 votes. Um, they're, they've all been laughers, <laughs> at least recently. Okay, yeah, and the uh, Winnipeg South Center was uh, Jim Carr's um, riding for the Liberal Party of Canada. Jim Carr was notable because he was the only uh, liberal elected on the prairies, <laughs> if I recall correctly, when he was elected. And, uh, and, and comparatively speaking, his was a real squeaker. It was only 8,500 votes. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, if, if anything is going to, if anything is going to swing, I guess it's that one. Um, it's also the only, uh, the only one of these writings where the winner didn't win more than 50% of the vote. So, um, so in theory, that one could could be the scary one, I guess. But uh, yeah, any anything with anything with center in the name, you know, it's a anything that's a city and it has center somewhere in the name uh, is most likely <laughs> um, not going to go uh, not going to go blue, as we say in every country except for the United States um, to represent the conservative uh, party. Um, but, uh, um, but yeah, anyway, so, uh, so there you go. Have you had your fill of Canadian politics by now? Uh, you know what? I'm going to shock the world and say no. Oh, because you know what? There is, but this one is, is more of a, uh, uh, is more on the Chinese subject. Um, the okay, thing well, is, I, I'm they're really just, they're increasingly becoming the same thing. My, <laughs> really what I'm th I've been thinking about lately is just, um, about how during the pandemic, um, there were a lot of panicked people who said, um, a lot of panicked things. Oh and, yeah. And it's been what I'm, what I've really found to be, or I guess what I haven't been paying as much attention since then, but I assume that in the time afterwards, like, cause, cause, cause you know, we've, we, we followed this a lot early on and, and, and it's kind of just fallen off my radar a little bit. I've gotten distracted by the things like as most people do. And so I guess as you who has followed these things a little closer, um, you can confirm something for me. Like I just imagine that there's a lot of egg on face right now that a lot of people being like, this is embarrassing. Um, we humility we, is the, yeah, the order. Of the yeah. I, and, and, and a lot of humble repentance, um, particularly on the part of our, our, our leaders, right? That's is that mostly what we're seeing? Yeah, we broke our trust, and we will do better. You know, yeah, that's the it's yeah. a tone that they'd be going right. for. Right. Um, I I think I said that wrong, but anyway, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Uh, I I'm glad you're sitting down, um, because that's not quite what has happened. Um, um, are they doubling instead, down? Yeah. It, well, no. 
uh, with the double doubling down, doubling down on the uh, uh, doubling down on the we were always we were always right to lock you down, which is what they did until about ten minutes ago. Um, that um, that they've stopped doing. So that that's I guess positive. So what they're now saying is those lockdowns never happened. Oh, no one was ever locked down. I just imagined so, that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, uh, um, no, no one, no one was required to take the vaccine. <laughs> um, uh, that, uh, and, and Randy Weingarten, um, is known for her humble spirit. Absolutely. Um, Randy Weingarten has been, has been, um, out there just trying to find the real lockdowners, <laughs> trying to make sure that they're punished for what they've done because no one has been working harder than Randy Weingarten. Um, there, the, uh, you know, she's, um, she's actually, uh, this, this news I can break here on this podcast. Um, uh, she's actually, um, uh, writing a book called if I closed it. Um, <laughs> this is what I would have done if I had closed, <laughs> if I had locked things up. Yeah. <laughs> um, this of all the most brazen communistic rewriting of histories, this one has to be the most awkward. No, none of us were for lockdowns. None of us fought for <laughs> none of us fought to keep schools closed longer. What are you talking about? That thing that happened two short years ago that took over everybody's life, that didn't happen. <laughs> in, in Alberta, that lawsuit that we finally won in on Halloween <laughs> of 2022 to put masks back on your kids, no one wanted to put masks back on your kids. <laughs> That's crazy talk. I mean, this... I, I I wish this I wish I could say that this was a masking things because but but like I mean do is your experience that people are noticing this? Mostly no. It seems like um I think I think most people went along with things that they're embarrassed to have gone along with. So they're eager to just change the channel and to let the leaders change the, change the channel uh, because they don't want to grapple with their, their own. I don't think complicity is the best word here, but their own gullibility, maybe. Yeah, let's go with that. But which isn't that, so tell it's not even about like we we say we talk about this so much like um like this is a uniquely power holders thing this refusal to admit when things are wrong 
like when they've done wrong but but maybe it's just a human thing this this like that i would rather pretend something didn't happen than admit that i was on the wrong side of something and 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 really maybe this is the key to understanding the i am for the current thing mentality because if i can move on to the next current thing i don't have to think about the, how wrong i was about the last current thing right yeah 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 um that that um reminds me of the uh, uh of the uh the guy who made the meme of uh the second plane hitting the tower uh, on a uh, 9/11 as if it were a a uh, gender announcement gone wrong, um, and uh, and a guy in the comments goes uh, goes uh, this is outrageous. It is so offensive. Um, uh, my my father died on 9/11, and and a commenter goes. I'm so sorry you had to see this. This was really insensitive. I really hope he takes it down. And the and the first commenter goes, "Thank you. He was the best pilot in all of Saudi Arabia." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, um, um, oh no! Oh, can, no. Can, can we be sympathetic to anyone <laughs> who suffered from the events of? The, uh, <laughs> oh. No. Oh boy. Randy Weingarten really suffered from this. I'm sure Justin Trudeau really <laughs> suffered. Um, yes. Can't we have some compassion? Really bad on... haircut, so. That's but the, yeah. <laughs> but that's like you know, there's a, to to do another analogy. Um you know, I've always thought it would be great if someone if if like all of Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriends were to get together and write a song uh, entitled Maybe the Problem Was You. Because there comes a point at which you're looking at all of these breakup songs and being like, it's kind of like, we also, okay, so uh, we had a, this is kind of funny because there's a, a guy on our elder board who's always like the time watcher, who's always like, Gotta get it done. You said it was gonna be done by eight thirty. It's almost eight thirty. We gotta be done with this. And it's a joke. It's a joke. He's not like really intense about this, but he's he's always the time guy. Well, it's been twice now where he has missed an elder meeting, and those are the elder meetings that we are out before eight thirty. And so we're just <laughs> like each time he's he's like, oh, was was the lead pastor not there? And we're like, nobody. There's only one person who was missing. Both times we've gotten out early. There's only one person. Maybe there's a commonality here. But that's the thing, like, right? That's the thing. Is is there's at some point you gotta be like, is there are we gonna learn from this? Is there a commonality here? 
Is there a common part of this? Is there a common uh, thread to all of these things that you're embarrassed by and pretending to that they never happened and moving on to the next thing? I believe in the next thing in order to not get caught having supported the last really bad thing. And but no one ever seems to do that. We're so caught in the hype. We're just headline chasing to the extent that no one's ever going back and saying, hey, whatever happened to that Nord Stream pipeline? Hey, whatever happened to that Assad gassing his own people thing? Hey, whatever happened to those weapons of mass destruction? Whatever happened to all that money we gave to Ukraine? Whatever happened to those lockdowns, to those, to, to those vax mandates, whatever happened to like and on and on and on every single time, whatever happened to the black lives matter organization? No, like we keep moving on so quickly that we never have to actually think maybe the problem is that we're all just massively gullible and we fall for the newest compassionate sounding thing that we're not compassionate we're just stupid yeah <laughs> and 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 no one ever stops to do this but of course i i think you know of course we're talking about randy weingarten because of course none nothing like that is happening in canada right canada's pardon the pun above that uh, yeah yeah no i uh... We yeah sorry I I was uh, also hesitant to inform you that uh um that Trudeau said that he uh that no one was ever forced to take the jab or uh, no one no one was ever required I think was the word he used to take the jab um, what so I just yeah. imagined that yeah yeah. I, it it was really embarrassing. They all drove their trucks all the way across the country, and they got there, and they were like, oh wait, we we all, we all got here for nothing. Yeah, set up bouncy um, houses, honked, got arrested, got their banks shut down, and were like, oh shoot, there was nothing here. Crap, I could have just so gone just back to work. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's this is the most awkward Mandela effect of all because I was pretty sure. <laughs> Yeah. People, people were losing their jobs over this. That's that's crazy. It's crazy. You know that that ranks up there with that with uh, imagining Sinbad played a, uh, you know, imagining Sinbad played a genie in a movie, Trudeau uh, mandating vaccines. Like it's crazy how how the mind plays tricks on this. Because what what reason would we have, Jeff, for thinking that he would have ever mandated this or or threatened anyone's job for this like what what would have given us that false impression uh oh, nothing really except for his words and his actions <laughs> without without those there would be no proof at all <laughs> yeah we'd be completely without proof without those uh <laughs> <laughs> like what? You gonna believe your mouth, your your ears, and your eyes? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, this is this is the person who who literally equated people who would not get vaccinated, and and by the way, 
I believe this was after we were already over the threshold of population <laughs> vaccination that they said that they would end the lockdowns. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was we, it was already well over eighty five percent, maybe over ninety percent, and he was saying. Um, and this was obviously for the first one or the first two, um, because after that, it never got that high. Uh, but um, but uh, he said, uh, he said that these uh, these people are racist and misogynist. The people who won't get vaccinated are racist and misogynist. He said, we have to ask ourselves, must we tolerate these people? Um, so. Must we? Uh, which which uh, Katie Room and I and one of her author friends have been uh, have been using uh, to uh, to make memes uh, lately. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they, it's. Uh, it's really, oh, and then there was the, um, the speech he made here, or the, maybe he was being asked a question here in Calgary, um, where, uh, where he said, um, um, he was saying that, it was basically, the, I think it was basically the same because that was on a Quebec TV station who was speaking in French. But then he basically said the same thing in English here in Calgary, where he said something like, at a certain point, we have to ask as a society, when is enough en enough with these people? Uh, or something like that. It was, it was, it was something to that effect. Um, and, um, uh, and so, so yeah, he, he was, um, he was just really inflaming, uh, inflaming passions on both sides really um the whole time um frankly just because he was making a bet that it would be popular and that the conservatives would not be able to follow him with that level of disgust without it breaking apart their base um that was that was i think the very cynical political gamble he was making was he was trying to win a uh, win an election during the pandemic when people were still pretty panicked um and uh and he was just i think he was making a play for um there's not going to be um there's not going to be enough uh 
enough support for the contrary position. Um, and I think he, I think he was right temporarily there. Um, and unfortunately, because I think, um, I think if his coalition had fallen apart during the trucker convoy, which it seemed like it might, uh, there, and we had gone to an election, I think, I think he would have lost that election. Um, but being the government get, means that you get to time the election, uh, especially when there's a minority, um, and uh, uh, and so he's uh, he got to pick his spots and and have an election when when sentiment was a little bit more on his side, and um, and by the way. The conservatives were afraid to pick a lane. Um, well, they um, they kicked out candidates for not being vaccinated. Um, so I guess they did pick a lane. Um, and uh Really, I think the People's Party of Canada should have ceased to exist, but because the Conservatives didn't take a strong enough line on COVID, the People's Party of Canada stayed alive um, because after, after they made a big show in their first election in existence uh, of... Uh, being in the leaders' debates, and they were going to be, um, they were going to be a, a force in all these ridings, and they were running all these candidates in all these places, and, um, and, uh, and then they ended up at one percent of the vote, and, um, and really never even getting close. Um, to winning seats outside of the leader's uh, seat where he did go down in defeat as well. Um, that should have kind of been the end of <laughs> that party in many ways. Like normally, normally you, you line things up like that and say, it, it, you know, you can say, you can say we're building a long-term movement and <clears throat> and and we are we are starting small um but we're going to take our take our shot now and we and we're not going away we'll be back no matter no matter what but that wasn't really the the message that they came with they they were much more about the we're here to play right now and uh we're here to we're here to eat the conservatives lunch basically right away um and um because they uh they were saying the conservatives were fundamentally corrupt so they deserved to go down and they're probably not wrong about that 
But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but that should have been that should have been the end of the PPC. But the conservatives' lackluster response to COVID left the door open for them to continue to be a political force long after they should have expired. So um, anyway, and at this point, I think that it's probably given them some staying power to where they're never really going to go away. Um, uh, whereas, um, whereas I think without the COVID issue and the COVID issue being handed to the PPC as like the one party that was going to do anything about it, um, uh, that, that I think uh, has made sure that they're going to stick around for a long time. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to win seats or anything, but stick around, be able to exist, <laughs> um, ha be able to attract candidates all over the country. That that wasn't, I don't think that was going to happen um, without uh, without being handed COVID as a as a major um, issue. So anyway, um, but, um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it is, uh, the, the one, the, uh, the one positive thing about all this is, uh, that in this book that Randy Weingarten is, is writing, um, uh, about if she had closed, uh, schools, um, she's actually, she's actually being sued by the New York times for plagiarism <laughs> of their news stories, um, <laughs> about what she did. Um, you, you, so see, I can segue to, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. So, so that's, <laughs> that's true. I mean, you know, if there is, uh, first of all, if there's anything we can say about our show is that we are definitely pro intellectual property. Um, <laughs> we, we, you know, we'll always come to the, to the defense of people owning intellectual property. Um, and it's that we care a lot about those who violate, um, intellectual mm -hmm. property. So, um, is there, are there any, um, any of that, is there any of that going on right now that we should probably be aware of? Cause, cause I'll tell you one thing though, while that may be happening in Randy Weingarten's world, um, there is no way that a major television, uh, production studio could ever be accused of stealing someone else's intellectual property. That is something that I can be confident in. Well, right? you might be right. Because it was Amazon, not anyone major. Um, <laughs> not anyone who's ever accomplished anything or had success. Uh, <laughs> um, should we do it? Should we get to the thing we've been avoiding for not avoiding? Um, the not thing avoiding. I have not gotten to in a long time. Um, well, it, in my case, we could say, speaking of Amazon, since that's how I'm reading this. Hey, 
No, well done. So we are getting to the dance of the nutcracker by Paul Thompson. And if you want to hear him talk more about his, his, uh, art, you can hear him on preambling number 50, which we recently had him as well as Patrick famous from the chat. And I guess also he has his own podcast here to cross apologetics. Um, uh, and, uh, the periapsis press team. We, we've talked about, uh, art and stuff and all kinds of great stuff. Um, but basically, but we are getting into the third and final book of the Nutcracker trilogy, the Drosselmeyer stories. Um, and we're starting with the prologue and first chapter of this book. Now, um, Jeff, the question is, does it feel like it makes more or less sense than when you accidentally read it before the second book? Significantly more sense. <laughs> Yes, that it's it turns out that if you read them in order, yeah, <laughs> it yeah, makes it more sense. I mean, <laughs> these this this prologue in chapter one read very much like a hallucination anyway, <laughs> but it really read like a hallucination. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> without the context yeah. of all of book two. Yeah, so <laughs> the end of book two basically he's escaped. He has, and this is unclear. Is he entering into a sub realm or is he exiting into a greater realm? I think that is at the end of that book. It is of the second book. It seems a little ambiguous and I think it's meant to be a little ambiguous. I'm sorry. I'm just noting the time because for when I excerpt this later for to, to, uh, send specifically to the author. We like, we like letting the author know when we're doing his, re his their reviews and, and you know, since it's better to, <laughs> to link it specifically instead of make them watch a whole hour and 45 of us babbling about China, uh, before we get to the book, which I just want to make sure that I can let him know. Um, but, um, in fact, I'm going to write it in chat just so I got, later okay there you go um uh but basically it starts off where it left off where the last in fact the prologue kind of starts back where the last book ended um and it, and it kind of stands as a review kind of like you, you know the beginning of your math class is always the end of the last math class um uh so so once again, we're reminded what, what happens is he's standing in front of the, in this, in this giant, essentially infinity room fact, he, he can, he, he says as much in the second chapter, this is infinity room, um, with a man on a, the a large man, um, it says, isn't it say like a little bit bigger than him than Fritz or something like that. And Fritz is pretty tall. Um, but he's. It's a statuette. Yeah, he's he's very go like gold everywhere. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's this gold trim to his outfit matched the gold circlet on his head. Um. But then he says, but then um, he kind of um. He, he's he's got an unhurried response to Fritz, where he says, "Who are you?" He asked. His voice was mellow yet commanding. My name is Drosselmeyer. 
Fritz hes- hesitated, turning his eye patch toward the statuesque man. I see you do not bow in my presence, the man observed, more to himself than to Fritz, and the clothes you wear are not of this world. He circled Fritz with steps slow, plodding, and his expression showing nothing more extreme than bemusement. Where are you from? The central kingdom, Fritz replied. The man squinted ever so slightly. So you don't know who I am, he sounded bored on the verge of a yawn. No, sir, dipping his head in in a polite gesture. Forgive my ignorance. Um, The man stopped pacing and Fritz turned to face him. The air around him shimmered and his white robe shed golden sparks of light. Fritz shrank back from the imposing figure, enamored of of and terrified by his demeanor. Are you the Watcher? So, uh, this is the question. Um, and he asks, are you in the watchers? Am I in the watchers realm? Because that's the question he's asking. He's wondering if this, is this the man, the, is this the watcher? It seems like it's the guy who, who the linear morts have been sending stuff to. Uh, and, and yet this guy, how, how do I say, um, uh, how do I say this? Um, he clearly has the confidence of a very powerful man, and right. yet um, the 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 question actually the question are you the watcher and am I in the watcher's realm? Um, is what triggers kind of a violent reaction? Like in a single move, smooth as a snake, the man flung a stream of magic at Fritz. The magic was shapeless, waves of light and color sparkling like dried pine needles on a fire. Fritz launched back through the door into the hallway, skidded to the stop on a marble floor. So the question about the Watcher seems to be what triggers his violent outburst. <coughs> um, but one thing we notice is that the magic works a little differently here. Right? It, it seems like magic works a little differently in this realm, whatever it is. Um... And, uh, well, for one thing, I'm guessing gold is useful for magic in this realm. Yeah, it seems um, like it. Which we're told it isn't in, in, uh, Fritz's realm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he knocks him back and then he just assumes he's dead. Um, that's, that was kind of funny. He's like, it's like, I, I killed him and then. He calls in a Linumort, um, which Jeff commented before the show that, that it makes a lot more sense what that is now, uh, now that he's read the second <laughs> book. Um, but he calls in a Linumort, and um, uh, the, these, these are all serving this guy. So that's another hint that this is the Watcher mentioned in Drosselmeyer's realm and Fritz's realm. Um, but he says, I found another one or rather it found me. The man hissed. His voice was raw with annoyance and his foot tapped faster on the floor. Uh, my apologies, your master. The wooden creature said its skin creaked as it bowed. Shall I kill it? No. The man responded with an annoyed edge. I've taken care of that already. Go feed his body to the lions or something. Just get it out of my sight. Then he turns and he leaves immediately. Um, but then, at, and then as the Linumort picks up Fritz, um, and, and, uh, Fritz 
cries out in pain. And that's when the Lenny Mort realizes he's not dead. And then instead of killing him, he decides instead to take him out of the room and, uh, and says, yes, I think I will send you there. Um, so decides the Lenny Mort, despite the fact that it serves the watcher decides to act contrary or, to the watchers or wish or this, Whatever this great being is, I yeah. have a theory, which I'll share um, later. Okay. Um, um, oh, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share at the end. I'm going to continue to call it the Watcher because it seems whatever it is, it seems like that this is what they have been thinking of as the Watcher for now. Um, up till now. Um, seemingly, at least in my mind. Um, but yeah, like, the, okay. and so... And so, because especially because they, they they've been thinking of the Lenormands as being these angels of death, as represent representatives of the Watcher, who sends them in to get him gold and to do his will, but, um, but I think this might be pointing to the fact that what you're saying is true that it isn't actually the Watcher. Is the fact that this Lin, this Lenormand, this apparent angel of death, is is actually disobeying his wishes that there is even maybe some um rebellion among the angels against this uh this watcher um but yeah he throw he gets he gets thrown into prison instead um instead of being killed by the either the watcher or the linear war which i think says something again this is more development on the power of Fritz is that there is something more than even like, like this, this man was very confident and he, he acts like the kind of guy who, who has backed up his confidence. Like he's, he's not arrogance. It's that he's that good is that he, he kills, kills Fritz then walks away and he's not dead. And so there, there seems to be, more development on the fact that Fritz is, is much more than just the run of the mill wizard or the run of run of the mill human of the, his realm, you know, that, that there is more to him than meets the eye. Um, let's see. Uh, then we get the next section. Um, Fritz actually wakes up in a, uh, first, there's kind of a kind of seems like a medical area before he gets sent into um, uh, a prison of some sort, and um, he first is is kind of healed up a little bit by um, um, by a, an older gentleman in an infirmary, and says says so so ask him first. So what country or land? Uh, what does he say? He says, um, he asks, where am I? And the guy says, infirmary. Yes, but of where? Um, and he says, you're in the golden city. Um, and of, and, and so then he, he asks, but what country or land or world am I in? Fritz prodded. And so that's when the man pauses and leaned all his weight, lean all his weight on the knobby staff. You're not from the woodlands. No, Fritz responded. I'm from the Central Kingdom. Ah, the older gentleman let out a long, slow wheeze. You're an outsider. We don't get many of those. 
But men, not many is not none. Worth pointing out. There right. might be others uh, that are of Fritz's realm or potentially throw it out there of other realms uh, connected to this realm. Correct. Um, the, the map of inter interrelated realms is, is, we have to remember, is, is still something that we're exploring here. Um, right. But he says um, he is in a, a place called Guildhorn. Um, and, and, and guild, I'm pretty sure, comes from the word, is the word um, gold, right? Gold, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Guildhorn, I don't, I don't know what Guildhorn, or I guess it would be. Um, so clearly, again, more references to gold. Golden City, Guildhorn. Um, but then he, he says, um, uh, Let's see. Then, but in the conversation, uh, Fritz says, I thought I died and gone to the Watcher's realm, which causes the old man to react violently, like to react. He says, it suddenly seized up and he began coughing violently. He rocked back and forth, clutching his throat and beating his chest. So, so it seems like the Watcher is the Voldemort of this world, is that you don't talk about... The Watcher, um, because it happens a couple times. He's later when he's put in the prison, he talks about the Watcher, and and even there, they say, "Do not say that name. We don't talk about the Watcher here," um, which is interesting, um, especially if this guy is, as he supposes, the Watcher, you know, of of his realm. Um, says, "Don't ever say that name again unless you desire a slow, painful death." What name? Watcher? The old man blanched and clapped his hands over his head. Um, so, yes, there's a, there's a strong reaction to that name being used, which is ironic because in Fritz's realm, Watcher is, is used constantly. Like, wa Watcher, help us. Watcher, you know. Yeah. Uh, flippantly, almost. Yeah, al yeah, yeah, almost flippantly, whereas here it's a very... You don't say that name. Um... And then this is where we learn that the old man's name is Ezreal um, because Alinea Mort comes in the room and addresses him as such. Um, and then it says, um, and this is where we get, I think, a name for this Watcher. Um, as it says, uh, the Alinea Mort says, the Ezreal will take you to your cell. Any trouble and you'll be slain by order of and with Malregent's good pleasure. So Mal... Regent, regent meaning king, mal meaning bad. Um, that's the, I think that's the der derivation of that. Is the mal regent is the bad king? But that that's not the Lenyamore's name. No, no, no. That I think that's the oh. the name of the Watcher. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is where I think we get the name. Yeah. This, so this is where, like you said, um, this is looking less like God and more like the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. and I think. I think, uh, so, so yeah, you've already pointed out some of the, some of the rationale. Um, and, uh, to me, it really comes across like that. That's the reason for the taboo on the name is yeah. he hates the water. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not a taboo on the name because 
he uh, doesn't want his name being spoken. Yeah. He doesn't want the watcher's name yeah. being spoken because he hates it. That's that's I think what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the gold theme continues in the in the jail. It says the wall is covered with a yellow gold plaster. Um, and and um, initially he's put in a cell. Um, but but the doors aren't locked. So this is an interesting situation where like there's a, a relative amount of autonomy that the prisoners have, and yet it's such that it seems like um, really the incentive is, from what I understand, the walls. Like getting out of the the prison itself is such a task that it seems unlikely that anyone would do it. Um, plus, you've got the the Lenormand running around. Um, yeah. Right. It, it seems like it's more less of a you can't get out and less of a you don't want to risk getting caught getting out um, sort of situation. Um, so at first he's a, he's able to walk around a little bit and then there's a loud blast from some instrument which causes for us to leave in the air. And then um, uh, he said it says he fought the instinct to ready a defensive spell in his hand if because thinking if the linear morts in his world in this world had the same ability as in the last world to sense magic. Um, although it does prevent him from trying magic. I'm interested in finding out if he's able to do magic in this realm. Like if, if magic is, uh, follows different rules in this realm, is he going to still be able to use magic? Um, and then is he going to have to learn a new kind of magic? And is that going to have some effect on what he's able to do? when He comes back to his own realm. Um, because of course I assume he's going to end up, well, okay. We know how the story ends. Right, this is one of those fun situations where we kind of know how the story ends. If you've seen the Dance of the Nutcracker, you know how the story ends. So you know eventually he's going to come back to his, uh, to his his family, and he's going to you know like there's going to be the party. He's going to be the creepy uncle. Like we we know those aspects of the story are going to come to pass. You know, I, of course, we, I trust Paul to say he's going to put some kind of twist on it. It's going to be interesting. Um, um, but in some ways that also like makes it interesting. You know, sometimes that makes it interesting in reading the journey. It's like, I already know how the ending is. So I want to see what this has to do with it. Like uh, if there is a different way of doing magic in this world, and if that's going to somehow contribute to the way he plots his, he makes his plan to try and free his friends from the, uh, from his own Celestine. I don't know. That's just a thought that I had too. Is like, um, does magic work differently here? Um, you know, we'll see. Um, but initially all the, 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 the other prisoners are very, um, skeptical of him at first. And so initially they're distrustful of him when he comes into the, um, when he comes amongst the other prisoners, um, because they think he's a spy. Uh, it seems right. like that's so when he flippantly uses the watcher's name and that's again, probably to your point is if the flippancy with the watcher's name shows, um, you know, if, if it's if it's a fear of the watcher himself, and and, and not a fear of, 
the 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 watcher then they wouldn't be using that name flippantly they would have respected the name because you're even though you're a spy you you're only allowed to do so much you know um, sure and so i th- there's something in the fact that he's being so stupid with the name that actually confirms to them that he's not a spy and so allows them to kind of trust him and and bring him into their um group um so yeah and and this is where we get com- confirmation that mal regent is in fact the guy who sits on the throne the golden man is because in talking with them they they find out that yeah that he says he sounds no but um what does it say um sounds like you met mal regent the god emperor himself and of course as we know those who call themselves god emperor are usually such humble folk um humble doers of good uh so um so yeah and, and he yeah um, yeah, let's, let's which, see. which is, was funny. Fritz's response to this was a shrug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Fritz, again, always, always the um, uh, impudent one. He's not uh, one to uh, to shrink at um, supposed power um, to a fault, perhaps. Um. But yeah, let's see. Um, they find out there's another outsider in the prison um, named... Uh, is that Ant? Let's see. Anthony? Anthony, yeah. The other outsider. And so... Um, and then finally, at the end of the chapter, we get uh, a description of that the world they're in is called Delicia. That they are in was called the Golden City within Delicia. And Gildorn... Um, is the name of our prison. And you are now a slave in service to Malregent, the master of all that is. Which we know for a fact that that's the kind of thing that Fritz uh, takes very well. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, the, you know, you, I, I don't think he'll respond well to being a slave um, and having found his freedom. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think? What are some big takeaways from the first chapter and prologue, um, that we've read so far? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I, I very much came away with this thinking that he has, um, he has, uh, fallen into a realm with a, with a counterfeit deity, um, (laughs) where, uh, so the Malregent has essentially angels serving him and um, is amassing godlike power, but um, but uh, ultimately uh, and ultimately this I, I, I'm I'm wondering I'm wondering uh, how the cosmology works here is 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 he having to uh is is he having to do all of this because he thinks god which i'm assuming is the watcher <laughs> is coming for him um 
is he uh, is he preparing to uh, face off against mm-hmm. the Watcher? Yeah. Is he um, is that what the gold is for? Um, it. Um, I don't think I I I I I'm led to reinterpret a little where. So this this explains how there can be all these Lenimores and it not be the end of days for Fritz's world. Mm. Um, so maybe mm. maybe there's some other situation where Fritz's family and his friends end up spilled out into our world, maybe, or something. I'm not sure. Um, and I actually don't know the lore of uh, uh, the uh, the uh, Nutcracker Ballet well enough to know whether it's supposed to take place in our world or even. <laughs> or oh yeah, uh, but it, yeah, it's, um, yeah, okay. But now, from from what from what I understand with the Nutcracker Ballet, and this is part of the question uh, that that is supposed to hang over the head of the viewers is, was it a dream or not? Um, okay. So, so was she plunged into another realm to fight the rat King um, and to free the, the realm or is it all a dream um, that she okay. dreams that this, this, this little doll that her uncle Drosselmeyer gives to her uh, comes to life and, and leads her on this adventure to fight against this villain. You know, like the, the question seems to be, is it a dream or not? And so this book would be taking the in, uh, no. <laughs> interpretation that it's not, and also taking yeah. the interpretation that it's in fact a, a different realm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. So, uh, um, so, okay. So may, so it's possible then that, Josselmeyer and his family and friends are going to get spilled out into our realm, our world. Could possibly be. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but, or maybe they'll go back to the world we started in or who knows, but, um, um, but yeah, I think we're getting more and more explanations for why he ends up being a pretty weird and creepy dude, for one thing. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, um, and and yeah. Anyway, I think. Uh, um, oh, I had one other observation um, to make. Yeah. It, oh no, no, no. I made it. Which was that? Yeah. I think this. I think we're. I think we're discovering that this doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of days yeah. for his realm. Yeah. I guess it could still mean, and then, and then yeah. he and his friends end up, and, and family end up in, in yeah, another another realm. But um, and, but, and uh, I'm still and I'm still waiting to find out what this because this is a, a detail that keeps standing out in my mind. Um, this watcher's guild that was referenced at the yeah. end of the first book. Uh, I'm still waiting to find out. We're we're still waiting to find out what that means. Um, yes, I think there is something. There's something around the fact of like 
that there are it appears that that is what all these different realms have in common is that they all have some kind of a creator or a watcher because that's right. one of the things that it seemed like at the beginning by creating his Celestine filled with a world inside of it that he had joined this, this watcher's guild. Um, yes. And so, so it's even possible, you know, you know, and in spite of way, what you're saying, mild spoiler alert, the Malregent is not one of these. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Our region didn't build this world. Yeah. Yeah. He's usurped least, it. At least way. it doesn't. Yeah. It seems like that's the case. It very much seems like that's the case. Um. Or here's the other. Here's another possibility. Here, I'm gonna throw out another possibility that could happen. Is it could be that he is the watcher of this realm. He did actually that. That this is part of why Drosselmeyer's world is so messed up. It's just created by the sadist. And but the reason he hates that is maybe he went off script for the Watchers Guild, and what he's afraid of is the other Watchers. Okay. Coming and seeing what he's done with his world. So that's that's an alternative. I don't. I'm not convinced by that, but I'm going to throw it out there as another possibility. Um, I I I actually, I actually more think you're right, but I'm going to throw that out. I, well, I, yep. I always want to throw out more than one uh, theory. No, you know, lest we we lock in too much into one theory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that I yeah I was thinking about that 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 being a possibility. Maybe this is the watcher, but he does not want to be called a watcher because. Yeah. That comes with these expectations of this guild that he is not keeping, and he does not want them to come down on him and see what he's doing. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, so this is the this is the the saddleback of the the Watchers realms. Is that is that what we're saying here? Yes, the, lest he be disfellowshipped from uh, from the Watchers <laughs> guild. Um, I don't need them. They need me. Don't they know who I am? <laughs> <laughs> I disciple Jesus. Um, so <laughs> Oh boy. Um so that's 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 what we got for this week. Um it was, it's uh just one chapter, but it was a long chapter. Um so hopefully, you know, you're you're gonna join us as we read through this. For next week we are going to read chapters two and three, and we are off to the races. We are going to make our way through this book. We want to try and, uh, because our list of potential books are, is stacking up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks to, to, to Katie retweeting I, me. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally can, I literally have no prediction any longer for what the book we're going to do after this is. Um, uh, it's, yeah, I I felt like I I felt like I had a bit of a sense of where we might be going after this, but now I have no sense whatsoever where we're headed after this. Well, well, I I think we should continue. Okay, so here's what I think we should do. We're we're doing a production meeting on air again, Jeff. I've been told that successful podcasts don't do this, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I think um, we continue the Uriel's Revenge series by doing the okay. the um, fountain oh mechanism. God. Yeah, the fountain mechanism. Um, and, and it, who knows by that point, maybe he'll have written his third so that we can, uh, you know, he says he's, he's got, he's been working on it 
maybe he gets it done by the time we're done <laughs> with our books. Um, but then I still think, you know, like we, we've, uh, I've become, we've become friends with uh, a few authors and there's one in particular who I think I'd be interested in, in taking a run at his series. Um, it's a little okay. different. And that's kind of what I like about it is it looks a little different from what we've done so far. Um, but also likewise from a, I don't know if you would call himself libertarian, but uh, a freedom sphere ish okay. uh, area who, who I, and, and I think I'm pretty sure he's Christian. He's, I'm very confident that he's Christian. Um, and so those are kind of the things that we look at. Uh, but, um, but anyway, uh, all let's say um, we'll be, we'll be continuing this series, uh, continuing to read. I love it. It's, it's kind of for me, a, a, uh, a chance to get out of my fiction or my, my theology reading, which is what takes up so much of my, uh, reading time. Um, and, uh, yeah. What do you say? Should we, uh, stop preambling? I mean, I think at this point we have established a preambling. Yeah. I believe, I believe we have done it. Um, and that we can now have done it. Um, uh, yes. so yes. In that case, <laughs> let's, Quit with the preambling and get to the show. <laughs> 